Our thoughts shapes the spaces we inhabit, and our spaces return the favor. The argument of this book is that a series of shared properties and patterns reoccur again and again in unusually fertile environments. I distilled them down into seven patterns, each one occupying a separate chapter. The more we embrace these patterns in our private work, habits, and hobbies, in our office environments, and in the design of new software tools, the better we will be at tapping our extraordinary capacity for innovative thinking. That was from Steve Johnson. The book, Where Good Ideas Come From, The Natural History of Innovation. And we're going to be taking a look this week on the Creative Habits Podcast. My name is Wyatt Chris, and I'll be your host. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, definitely read the book, and you'll find some great ways to think about creativity. But uh, there's a blog post that goes accompanies this um, post, uh, th- this episode, and uh, it's slightly different expanse on the ideas. Here I'm going to look at one area rich with possibility. One area that he talks about in the in the seven in the book, and that's serendipity or the almighty hunch. Now quote, like any other thought, a hunch is simply a network of cells firing inside your brain in an organized pattern. But for that hunch to blossom into something more substantial, it has to connect with other ideas. The hunch requires an environment where surprising new connections can be forged. The neurons and synapses of the brain itself and the larger cultural environment that the brain occupies. Unquote. See, hunches happen all the time. And it's just what we do with them that's critical to incubating new ideas. And the notebook is great for this. However, there needs to be a review that cues the brain to the idea later. Now, I've talked a bit about this previously, but the creative matrix is designed with that in mind. If you go to the creativehabitspodcast.com, you'll see the creative matrix. Check it out. Sign up. There are three tools to help influence your environment for getting ideas down, playing with, and seeing them on a regular basis. The last part is critical. Most ideas get lost, but when you visually see them, review them on a regular basis, you make connections much faster. Think of it like an ad for your ideas. Just keep those ads for your ideas, keep flowing, and you think of them again and again. Now, hunches offer a way to play more with the other part of the brain, the subconscious. The subconscious sees everything and holds it hidden from the conscious mind to prevent overload. The ideas surface at certain points in time, and hunches, you know, they're basically a hint. There's something you have seen or done that is connected to your conscious thoughts. Now, hunches are like, well, you think of them like signposts, saying, dig deeper, and you'll find something your conscious mind doesn't know what yet, but your subconscious is leaving clues you need to listen to. One way these come out is with free writing, and another is dreams, both of which are actually connected. Here's a good quote from, from the book. Quote, We conventionally associate dream inspiration with the creative arts, but the canon of scientific breakthroughs contains many revolutionary ideas that originate in dreams, unquote. Now, dreams allow greater communication between the subconscious and the conscious mind. The communication from the subconscious is like a myth. Uh, You know, rather than uh, a straight-up message of go to the store and buy milk, there's a visual representation to interpret, such as seeing a cow. Quote, uh, Louis' dream about the frog heart experiment is often invoked as a story of sudden epiphany, a 20th century version of Newton's apple. But the truth is that Louis 
had been musing on the idea that nerves might communicate chemically for 17 years. And part of his epiphany was made possible by the random connections of REM sleep. It was also made possible by a slow hunch that had been lingering in the back of his mind for almost two decades, unquote. Think about it. Ideas linger. To help those lingering ideas gestate faster, you need to pay attention to hunches. Copy down or review ideas on a regular basis. You need to give your ideas a place to grow and incubate. Now, it helps to get lost, and getting lost can be aware of clues. Or, or rather, it helps getting lost, and, and when you're lost, just be aware of the clues that are around you. Quote, John Barth describes it in nautical terms. You don't reach serendipity by plotting a course for it. You have to set out in good faith for elsewhere and lose your bearings serendipitously. Quote. Now, you don't always know why you keep track of an idea. It becomes killer later, sometimes you know, much later, as in the two decades. Now, having faith in the process of discovery is part of the charm. The fact is the more we struggle with providing basic necessities, you know, life necessities, the less chance we have to explore hunches and have epiphanies. We're too worried about, you know, getting food on the table, so to speak. That's why it's important to create systems to carve out the necessary structure to play. Now, that's an odd concept, you know, creating structure to have more time to play. However, barring winning the lottery, like $1.5 billion, so as to have unlimited time, we need to, you know, find some way to help aid serendipity. This can be as simple as carving out time to go for a walk. Quote, the shower, of, uh, the shower or stroll removes you from the task-based focus of modern life, paying bills, answering email, helping kids with homework, and deposits you in a more associative state. Given enough time, your mind will su- stumble across some old connection that it had long overlooked, and you experience that delight- delightful feeling of private serendipity. Why didn't I think of that before? Unquote. Now, having ideas, you know, in the shower and when you go in for a walk, there, you know, it's it's uh, offers some benefit, but it's not always enough to get the mind to go deeper and find clues beyond, you know, what's obvious. Quote: The problem with assimilating new ideas at the fringes of your daily routine is the potential. Combinations are limited by the reach of your memory. It takes you two weeks to finish a book. By the time you get to the next book, you've forgotten much of what was so interesting or provocative about the original one, unquote. To dive deep, you need a way to connect ideas regularly. You need a system to help advertise those ideas to your mind in a way to circle back around to what you found. Now, again, I'm going on the creative matrix again, but... Honestly, take a look at the Creative Matrix. It offers three different tools and one way to start the process of growing and getting hunches to flourish into epiphanies. You can get the Creative Matrix at creativehabitspodcast.com and read the book Where Good Ideas Come From by Steve Johnson. It will open up your, your mind to all kinds of wonder. That's about all I had this week. Uh, thanks a lot for listening and hope you enjoyed it. Um, Definitely uh, get the book, Where Good Ideas Come From. Um, And in there, you'll find all kinds of interesting stories about Darwin and coral reefs and um, really starts uh, making you think about your world a bit more. And to branch out, you know, the whole idea of, okay, well, I got to stay focused on what I'm doing and uh, 
dive deep into the mastery of whatever craft I have. But the thing is, when you branch out and you learn about different things, you bump into people you wouldn't otherwise, it just sparks different ways of looking at what you're doing anew. And it it provides bridges that you wouldn't uh, have otherwise. So um, highly encourage it. Um, Take a look at the uh, the blog post that goes with this episode. Um, I delve into uh, the book a little bit differently. Uh, and there's some links for you. Um, so uh, thanks a lot for listening. See you next week.